0: I feel incredibly blessed to share this podcast with you today with Meredith Alexander, who is an incredible speaker, an incredible woman, and has such an amazing story to share with you. And I'm so excited that we got to connect, we got to find each other, and that I can have her interviewed on this podcast because she really is one kind of a woman. And our chat that we have today. About her daughter, and how back in 2016, you know, she received word that her daughter had been crushed by a falling boulder out in Colombia and wasn't likely to make it. And she had to make the decision to go out there, but also make the decision to really do everything that she possibly could in order to make an amazing outcome of the situation she now coaches and speaks about her story and also helps other people who are going through really tough moments in their life to overcome them and to create the mindset that she has created for herself and her daughter. I'm so excited to share this story with you. It's going to be such an amazing podcast. Have a listen, enjoy, and please share it with anyone and everyone that you think this would really touch hearts with. I am so excited for our chat today and so excited to hear from you as well. Um, So a big welcome and it's so lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here with you. Super excited that you're here too. So
0: as you know, the first question I always ask my interviewees is, um, what is your morning routine? What do you do to set yourself up for success for the day?
1: I am a huge advocate of what I like to call my personal empowerment system, right? And so that includes the the morning ritual. And and for me, it absolutely has to have meditation in there. Uh, And also my super powerful, in fact, I had a little bit of a boost, my super powerful (laughs) smoothie with all ginger and turmeric and mint and celery juice, and the whole nine yards. So it's really, really important, I think, to start your day with whatever feels like a positive trigger for you. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's mind, body, soul, spirituality. Trigger something wherever I am, even if things have to be slightly different. If I hit one of those areas, then my bar is just super high for the whole day.
0: Awesome. So do you change that around or do you always do meditation or...?
1: I all, I always do meditation. Um, sometimes I have to change how long yeah. of a meditation I can do, right? Or if, say, sometimes I'm traveling or in an environment that I would have to slightly change that, it's really deliberate, focused thought that I'm going for, right? Not just total relaxation. So that can be accomplished by going even on a walk out in nature, if I can, if I can get out and really deliberately focus and set my intentions. And, and with the gratitude, for example, it's not like a a grocery shop list, right? It's not just a list of like, well, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my clothes and I'm grateful for my mom (laughs) and I'm grateful for my kids. It's not like that. It really is sinking into the actual feeling, the emotion of it. It's, you know, I am so grateful that when I wake up, immediately aware of this incredible, the sensation of of these clean sheets right around me and the smells, the first smells of the morning and the little one becoming aware of the sun coming through. And, I, and I'm so grateful that I am waking up, feeling excited about my day, looking forward to my day. So it's, it's getting myself into that, a higher state like right from right from the get-go and exercising those positive emotion muscles that really again set those positive triggers just so high that even if i get a bump it's super temporary and it's much easier to come back up from it yes Does that makes
0: sense yeah oh absolutely i 100 percent agree with that as well i think um i i notice it if even if i because my morning routine is is Fairly I mean it's it's not rigid, but I tend to try and do the same things, you know, whether that's meditation and then journaling, reading a little bit of my book, and then getting some movement and some exercise in there, you know, drinking water. Um and I I find that if I if I miss some of that or even especially if I don't meditate or journal or like read my affirmations or read my mission statement in the morning. It totally will set a different style for my day, and it will be yeah, completely different to one where I'm ready to go. You know, I wake up early and I get everything done, and it's such a different feeling of of the whole day, essentially. So I, I know exactly what you mean.
1: It it really really is, and and I know that when I um, introduce it to some clients who don't normally have that piece, uh, and even and and even some people are really surprised to hear that meditation, because for me, my personal empowerment system, yes, it starts in the morning, but there's little, there are touchbacks throughout the day. And then there's closure at the end of the day, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so many of my clients who haven't done meditation you know, we will say, I don't have time to meditate or something like that. But what they don't realize is that they can begin to introduce themselves by meditating right before they go to sleep, as they go to sleep. And we still get those benefits, even as we drift into sleep. And I don't know about you, but uh, I found that when I go to bed and I meditate as I'm going to sleep, and I set the intention at that point to Wake up with something resolved or figured out, some strategy put together. Even as I'm sleeping, I can be aware that my mind is playing with this, <laughs> and I can wake up rested but with the solution right there, ready to go. And it's, I, I just think the meditation is
0: phenomenal <laughs> yeah yeah I'd have to agree yeah I'd have to agree even if it's just five minutes a day you know can really yes have a huge monumental advance on life for sure okay so let's get into it obviously I really want you to share your story uh with my listeners and everything that you've been f- through um, with your girl and obviously that whole journey um, and everything that you've done obviously since then with with your business and stuff too. So let's start from the beginning um, and tell us a little bit about you and your story.
1: Sure, sure. So really, I, about four and a half years ago, five years ago, um, even though I was interested and really had immersed myself in what I call the inner game skills, right, everything from energy to martial arts, Aikido, law of attraction, you name it. I was fascinated by them, but I didn't appreciate them. My life at that point was really life on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. I was a single mompreneur. Um, I had raised my children as a single mompreneur. So I felt like I was chasing, 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 chasing all the time. I was chasing something. I was chasing more time. I was chasing more money. I was chasing more self-esteem, you name it. Mm -hmm. And it felt like I was trying to be so many things to everyone else that I lost myself in the process. And I had very little time for things that fed my passion. And I had no clue what my purpose was (laughs) um, other than my children. And then one Friday afternoon, the phone rang. At 3.15, my youngest daughter had been on a fellowship. Uh, she graduated from, from Yale University the, the spring before, and she'd accepted a, um, a fellowship with Yale to work in Peru for a year to help build schools and work with the native population. So she'd finished the first segment, and she and the young woman who was going to be the boss for the next section decided that they would take a two-week excursion to Colombia, South America. And so I picked up the phone and I heard this young woman's voice on the other side of the phone and She briefly introduced herself as Skylar's friend. And of course, my mind started racing and she said, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's been an accident and you need to get down here to Columbia immediately. And so as you can imagine, my mind just went at a thousand miles an hour um there was part of me that was very much in denial yeah. but there was the other part that just kept saying this is too big for me i i'm not i'm not qualified to handle this what do i do what do i do and it was almost like there were two versions mm-hmm. of me right mm-hmm. so so it was interesting i mean uh, At first, she was real vague about what, what had happened. So she and Skylar, the day before they were supposed to return to Peru, had gone on this whitewater rafting excursion with a bunch of other tourists. And they'd gone through the real dangerous part and made it into the swimming grotto, which was this beautiful part of the river, very calm and there was a ledge where everyone could jump and dive. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sky, being the 22-year-old daredevil that she was, was 100% in on that one. And so what happened, apparently, is that on one of the times when she was climbing up the cliff to get to the ledge, somehow someone above her dislodged one of the boulders. And it was a direct hit right between her eyes. And this incredible rock, boulder, cracked open her skull, but in the process knocked her off the cliff onto the boulders below, which fractured her spine and fractured her scapulas and snapped her right thigh um, and absolutely pulverized her left ankle. So at first they thought that she had been instantly killed, Mm. but then they realized that there was still movement. Her lungs had been crushed, but she there was still movement in her chest. So then became the race to get her back into the raft, get the raft over to the beach where they could get it up the side of a mountain to a dirt road where their van had been able to come, load her little body into the back of the van and then start the 40 minute journey back to a paved road where an ambulance could meet with them. And then from there to find a hospital in Colombia that actually had an ICU, because most hospitals in Colombia do not. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was getting the call and I finally asked this young woman if there was a chance that she wasn't going to make it. And I will never forget just that silence when I asked that question. And then she just said, we just need to get you down here as soon as possible. And so I hung up from that call and basically collapsed on the floor and just thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. What do I do? What do I do? All these impossibilities popping into my head. Mm -hmm. And so it began this big Trek to get to South America with my other daughter. My son stayed behind to navigate anything that needed to be done from here in the states. And um, but here's where kind of the cool part came. And and in hindsight, I look back and I really have come to appreciate, thanks to this boulder, more than anything else. Is that first of all, there's definitely a magic out there when we allow it yeah. but also that these things that look like they're going to be the, the experience that breaks us are often our biggest Listen. gifts yeah just disguised as these terrible challenges mm-hmm. right and that's what that's what it began evolving into for us almost immediately.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's insane. That's intense. I always broke down into tears a bit. Then I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, it. I mean, I can imagine from that moment it was it was extremely tough. And and you're a full time carer for her for her now, right? Um, I am.
1: I am. And, um, and it was interesting because, um, a lot of my entire life tied together really in those, in that first week. So the first, the first leg was that the trek to South America. And that meant we were turned away from the airplane, the airport in, uh, Tampa because we were arriving there at the airport um, within 45 minutes of when the plane was supposed to take off. And their policy, quote unquote, was for no reason um, at all to make an exception and let people, even if they didn't have luggage, um, we were not allowed on that plane. So we had to drive five hours to Miami, catch a plane there. At 3 a.m., fly to Bogota. Wait a couple of hours for another flight to take us to another city in Colombia, and then drive four and a half hours to this teeny tiny little town where this hospital was in. So, but for me, um, what I, what I discovered was that the inner game things that I had been inspired to really dig deeply into and which had fascinated me from the time I was a child. It was, you know, all of this book knowledge that was given to me in, you know, university and school, but no one was teaching us how to be happy. And, I, I, and that became something that was, I was kind of obsessed with is exploring why do some people face these incredible challenges and they emerge an even more epic version of themselves while other people just seem to stall out. And how can I make sure that I'm group number one and not group number two, right? So, But in the process, I'd had some things in my life that really were impossible at that time, to feel grateful for I just I had no idea why they had happened and and what I came to discover as things unfolded was that not only could I feel grateful for them but I was almost indebted to them because of the immense challenge and practice that I had had from navigating through those challenges and they had inspired me to look for more knowledge, to ask different questions, to work on myself in a different way that now fast forward to me where we'd flown her to Miami, where most of the the work to put Schuyler back together took place. Mm -hmm. Now I could appreciate this that, oh my goodness, if I hadn't, endured that if I hadn't lived through it, if I hadn't cried every tear, I would not be where I am now. So really, really decided to a hundred percent invest in that inner game because I realized that I had zero control over the outer game. Mm -hmm. But the worst negative emotion that I was feeling was feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. So where was the only place that I could find some hint of power so that I could help my daughter mm-hmm. and actually feel like I was contributing. And that was in the mindset, in the inner game. And so from the moment that we touched down in Colombia, I was in a place of game on. I did not <laughs> arrive at that hospital. Bring it. And yeah, I was. I was like, come on, this stuff is either real or it's not. And right now I'm going to invest and say it's real because I have got nothing else. Yeah. Right. All of those outer game skills, the marketing, the branding—they weren't going to help me. <laughs> so, so it really became this big um, campaign of the inner game of finding the thoughts that would take it a little bit higher, and finding that place, one tiny thought at a time, of a powerful expectation of knowing that we would be fine, whatever that new fine looked like. We would be fine, we would figure this out. Mm -hmm. And in the process of what happened, and this is how it led into the business, ultimately that I have now, was four months later, she was released. However, we had another chapter to deal with. She was released, but she could not be left alone. She couldn't sit up by herself. Right? Her balance had been compromised, to say the least, and and so she had was learning how to swallow again. Mm-hmm. She was learning how to talk again. She totally could not move herself from a couch to a wheelchair or anything like that. She totally needed twenty four seven caregiving. So, parallel to that was my my sole business at the time was a talent agency. And the way that that industry worked is that we booked contracts January through April. That's it. After that, the budgets were spent and you couldn't give away free shows even. I mean, it was was insane, but that was the way the industry was. Well, this all took place February, March, April, May, into June. And we we returned home in July. So guess what? I had zero income. And so I was terrified. And yet being terrified wasn't going to get me anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I had to look back and I had to go, wait a minute. Okay. So Skylar survived the unsurvivable. And where was most of the influence that was, you know, the differentiating factor was the mindset for us. So if the mindset could trigger a miracle with physical recovery and wellness, could it do the same thing financially? And plus, I became a different person to yeah. a certain extent because now oh, yeah. I felt, I like to say that that crazy boulder didn't come to teach me about death. It came to teach me how to choose to live. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden I realized just how critical it was to feel that passion and it, how critical it is to know your purpose, yeah. live your purpose.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that became a high priority for me. So, um, in the process of keeping people informed while we were in Colombia, and there were about a hundred people around the world, I launched a page on Facebook called sky is the limit spelled like her name S C H U Y. And However, because I was so invested in the energy and the focus, I was very specific about what this page had to be. We could not have people all over the world who are imagining Skylar ready to die at any moment. This had to be a page of inspiration and empowerment. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to the, I never, I was adamant there will be no pictures of Skylar in the hospital. No way. The only pictures that go up of, of Skylar are pictures from previously, her at her peak, right? Because that's how I want people to envision her mm-hmm. is, you know, larger yeah. than life, a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and the message was, look, if you want to support us, then you go out and you be the best version of yourself. You be the one in the elevator who smiles at the strangers. Mm -hmm. You be the one who goes out there and does impossible things. Mm -hmm. You be the one who finds that inner Skylar within yourself and go out and do something remarkable in her honor. Mm -hmm. And so what began to happen is that people began to share this page. And so it went from about 100 people to thousands of people, which is what led to more media coverage and then led to people asking me to speak. And it was kind of like, um, excuse me, there's just a slight problem here. (laughs) I have terrible stage fright. There's no freaking way. I book my artists on stages. I don't go on stages. And yet they were so persistent about all the people who really had been now reaching out saying, you know, the po- these posts have really changed my, my life. The story is, and t- has transformed our family, this, that. And so I realized that I had to find a way to be bold. Mm-hmm. So I not only did I have to pick myself up from total financial devastation while I'm having to learn how to be a caregiver mm-hmm. for my amazing child, yeah. the way through this, appeared to be totally outside my comfort and familiar zone mm-hmm. right and so i had to decide what i was willing to make this mean and so i went to i decided i would go to one training event and and see So the first time i've been away from Skylar and it was called train the trainer and it was meant to train you how to start to become a speaker Or see if you want to become a speaker. And so I'm sitting in the audience and I'm still thinking, (laughs) did I do the right thing? I'm not sure I want to be here at all. Um, And so the trainer up on the stage goes into a story and finishes with a metaphor saying, if you're going to be content with making just a little bit of change in the world, then just go ahead and toss toss a pebble. However... If you want to create a tsunami of change, then you have to learn how to embrace your boulder. And literally, in that moment, as you can imagine, yeah. tears start coming down. I look up and I'm like, "Okay, I freaking get it. All right, <laughs> I will try. I will do this. I will commit to doing this." And so, I the the next year, um, I I worked really hard to get myself beyond the not just beyond the stage fright but to learn how to begin to deliver it like I wanted to 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 understand that this were this was not to win over the haters this was for the one person out there who something would click. Mm. and it would help them transform their lives forever that's why I was doing it and so it began that that step about a year later a fan recognized me out and about and asked me when I was going to put the post into a book and I of course said to her <laughs> why do not want them in a book they're on Facebook
0: <laughs> and she was
1: like yeah but time is passing and it's so great not everybody reads it and so I kind of I went home that night I kind of Scratch my <laughs> head and I went. huh, I guess I could. So I went on to Fiverr. I knew exactly what I wanted for the cover. I found someone who I thought could pull it off. Two and a half days later, I had the cover. I wrote two, after, two extra chapters. I took the first four months of posts, word for word, didn't change anything, popped them together, tossed them out to Amazon and just you know, started letting people know. Okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The night that it came out, that's when it. You know, I looked and it, it, there it was. Right, the number Amazon, the number one Amazon hot new release in one of the motivational categories. And um, you know, I got the distinction of having a screenshot of my cover with Eat, Pray, Love, Dalai Lama, <laughs> a couple of people. And I was like, yes, this is so even worth it. Right, Aww. and. Um, And then from there, people said, okay, so, you know, this is crazy. You have done this for yourself, for your own career. You pulled yourself out of the ashes while you've been a 24-7 caregiver. What is the formula? Could you teach that Mm -hmm. to other people? And initially at first it was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can teach it to other people. And so I spent a few months really, really dissecting what was the formula, what exactly did I do? And it was pulling from some of the best mentors and teachers in the world that allowed me to, to do that. And, but the secret was Not just the inner game or not just the outer game or not just saying, you have to have the right mindset. You have to believe in yourself with so much more than that in the inner game, right? It was a lot of little identification pieces and rebooting pieces that had to come together a certain specific way. So several months later, I decided to give it a whirl with some real people, not people who knew me. (laughs) <laughs> but actually people who knew the, the story and were interested in actually paying me to do this so that there were no, like, doing any favors. They would be very, very honest and transparent whether this worked. And it worked really, really well. And so um one thing led to another, led to another. And so now in COVID, when that performing arts business that I was actually able to revive. Um, So I actually, if you think about it, I built this business while I was reviving the other business, being a 24-7 caregiver, but it was that formula that helped me do it. And so um, now that right now during COVID, when we are recording this, um, that industry is basically, it's like, Rip Van Winkle, it is sleeping for a couple years. However, this one has really just just taken off and and, um, it's clearly my passion. I love doing it. I love how even often after the very first session with my client, they even look different. They look different. Their energy is different. The smile is different. Their, Their awareness level is so different. And to be able to help people get out of that sense of stuckness, that sense that it's impossible. I've tried everything. It's too hard. And help them learn that you don't have to control those uncontrollable things. In fact, it's kind of none of your business to control Mm -hmm. those things. Everything you need is right in here and with the other wisdom that we have available that spans back thousands of years, thousands of years. Yeah. And when we slow down and begin applying it, it truly is magical things happen. So, da um, da <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just, you're like,
0: you're just like, I just leave you on a stage. No wonder you can speak on stages, <laughs> just take <laughs> you out there. Um, so I just want to know, like, the question that all of the listeners are thinking is, How is Skye LaMelle?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. So, Skye, the the star of the story, um, she's amazing, right? Um, So, she has been a study in why not to get so obsessed and distracted with this big goal, I'll be happy when goal, Mm -hmm. but to break it down into these little tiny microscopic victories, because then you celebrate a thousand victories as opposed to one fleeting success. Right. And, and so she has, I, I mean, it's been amazing for me. I've been able to watch my child work at learning to walk for a second time in her life. Right. So, um, So now in her physical therapy, we use this robotic suit because I realized that part of the challenge for Skye, since her balance was impacted so dramatically, was that she was having to cognitively think about each and every step because she never was able to really duplicate stepping correctly regularly enough for it to become muscle memory. Right. Right. So it made it, it made it feel like, Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. You know, step shift. Where's my balance? It was just formidable. However, with the robotic suit, what it helps her do is have the identical strides and her gait and her It won't let her pick up her leg until her weight is shifted. So the repetition of that has really, really helped. And we discovered this other product of box life that is like a sleeve and and these incredible socks that stimulate your brain. Even if you don't have a traumatic brain injury, you know, if you're just an athlete, it really gets things going. So it's made her progress speed up even more. So she's gotten to the place where she definitely can eat by herself. Her speech, you can understand her now. Um, She can almost transfer herself from the couch to the wheelchair by herself. Um, And then with a gait belt, someone spotting her, she can walk short distances on a walker. Um, We can spot her with a gait belt. She can walk up a small flight of stairs and down a small, as long as she has some things to hold on to. Right. right? Yeah. Um, Because the problem isn't strength, but um, probably most importantly though, is that even though it was a direct hit cognitively, she's still amazing. Um, That's good. She, her spirits are fantastic. Um, We don't know if it's temporary, but, that creative part of her mind that is also responsible for the inner narrative mm-hmm. is, is quiet. So huh. it's probably a blessing right. um, for her right now. Yeah. Um, but um, she continues to absolutely rock it. Um, will it be a long adventure for us? Probably. It yeah. looks like it, but again, who's counting, right? right. I mean, we just still, that we still are seeing the, the progress and, um, and the goal isn't to get things back to normal. Yeah. It's to get them forward yeah. to the place where she can be focusing on her passion, her purpose, and find that new variation of joy, that will allow her to live the new dreams and possibilities in her life that's the goal
0: yeah and I'm guessing that you've done like the the things that you do with your clients that you've done with her as well
1: Mm -hmm. and 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 um and fun thing uh I was a huge fan of uh, Esther Hicks I have been for a long time that um my, the only variation is that I view the word attraction itself as a contraction for several words, attracting the right action. So the law of attraction.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and actually I've, I, um, been such a fan that I've been in her hot seat four different times, including having had the opportunity to get upstate. I knew I would go. I knew I would be out on the stage. Um, <laughs> To thank her for because really so much of what I was able to do around Skyler I credit to what I learned from Abraham Hicks yeah and um, and it really is it's it's the funniest thing I mean I I um, you know I got there at the Abraham Hicks event with a book that I'd had Skylar sign to Esther (laughs) and I mean because I just knew and so I um I have a way of chatting with people not that you could probably guess that (laughs) so I when I'm in the right environment right (laughs) so I was chatting with this random person who was very interested and so we ended up finding a seat next to each other Grabbed a little bit of breakfast So I just it was like move, move, fast, sit down All of a sudden Esther is coming out on stage And I had had the feeling that I would be first And then I realized as she came on stage oh, I never signed the book I was like oh my gosh I never signed the book So I'm, I'm like do I pick up the book now and sign it? And I was like, no, I put it down. (laughs) So she does her thing. And then she called the first people up into the hot seat. And it wasn't me. It was a a couple, actually. Um, But then she comes and she's like looking over. It's like she looks directly at me and she goes, there's something brewing over here, but not yet. And the guy sitting next to me said, she was she was talking about you. And I went, yeah, I think she was. So (laughs) we come to a break and this nice guy goes back and gets me a hot tea. I pick up the book, grab my pen and sign it. And I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. I put it down. She comes back on stage. Good Guess who's first. (laughs) So she, she, points to me, pulls me, you know, invites me up to her hot seat. And I had the opportunity to just really thank her um, and share with her um, what an amazing role that had played for me. And, um, you know, there's just so much wisdom right here, accessible Mm -hmm to all of us. And when we learn how to apply that and are willing to be open and be coachable and this, you know, the secret is to be collect connected. Right. I mean, because I credit my quick progress and I feel like it was relatively quick um, to having mentors To having coaches, to saying, wait a minute, I don't want to just do trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, because it's like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it, Mm -hmm. right? You need some other perspectives, some other insights. And that's what now I get to do with my clients, right, is to give them a, a bird's eye view into what's been hiding in their blind spot in plain view they just are not expecting to see it Yep. yeah right?
0: that's the best thing about mindset right yep is that most people most of us are so blind to actually what's going on in our in our minds that sometimes we just need someone to open that up and open up the flower and start peeling away the layers
1: right and that's why you know, I, I, I work with some people who are like, you know, I've read the books, I've watched the videos and I just <sighs> yeah. feels like I've tried everything. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And, and they'll say, they'll say a couple things that are always like big triggers. And one of them is, you know, I, I try to think positively. I try to look on the, on the bright side and I'll Stop them and say, let's play with this for a minute. When you're trying to look on the bright side, where is your focus?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's on the bright side. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah. Your focus, there would uh, not be a bright side if your focus was not on this huge, looming, yeah. dark side. Right? So, and what you focus upon, whether you state it into yeah. fact or not, you're going to create more of,
0: yeah.
1: right? So it's understanding yeah. that you can't see what you don't expect to see. You can't believe what you don't expect is possible. Yeah. So my job when I work with people is to really help challenge them to make the choice of the I'm possible as opposed to the impossible and to really see how they can translate some of this awareness into real action, what it really looks like, what it really sounds like. How can you, how can you change a story that you says, well, but that's real. Of course that is real to you right now, but let's play with this for a minute. I can give you another version that's also real but it's an empowering version, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't mean standing in front of a mirror saying I'm a money magnet, right? I mean, for some people that might work, but if your mind yeah. doesn't 100% believe in it, it's, it's the looking on the bright side again. Yeah. You're focusing on doing this affirmation because nothing else the frick has worked, yeah. right? So you're focused on the lack of the presence, of what you're trying to attract and you're going to get more lack of that presence every single time. Mm -hmm. So it's powerful stuff. But then when you reboot and get out of your way, you can't forget about the outer game skills. That's where you have to figure out what are you going to do with it? Right? So you identified your purpose. How are you going to get it out there in a powerful way are you going to be on podcasts? Are you going to have your own podcast? What what kind of platform are you going to have? What kind of branding? How do you put that together, right? And how do you get this irresistible LinkedIn profile if that's where you're going? <laughs> that's important too. So it's from the inner world to the outer world and really discovering what it means to live as the most epic version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I couldn't feel more blessed for this boulder for giving me multiple gifts my child again evolving into who knows what how she's going to pardon the pun but rock this world and then having the opportunity humbly to be able to see people in unfold right in front of my eyes just from a few little yeah tweaks in the right places right yeah it's amazing
0: and so I've got a couple of questions before we finish that I'd like to ask you now one of, of those questions is going to be what's the biggest challenge that you've faced now obviously everything that you've said so far <laughs> is uh, quite quite the array of challenges Ooh. if I say so myself Ooh. um but I would really like a more of a specific one like Obviously, one, is it finding out that that had happened to Skye? Was it finding a way of having to get there in the travel? Was it getting there and seeing her and figuring out what to do? Was it bringing her home and and deciding to, you know, care for her? Was it starting up your business? Was Mm -hmm. it after that? (laughs) Or was it something completely different that we haven't even spoken about yet?
1: (laughs) Right, yes. Um, That... your point—that is a tough question to yeah. answer concisely. But I'll—I'll pick—I'll pick a less obvious one. I mean, clearly, the whole thing with getting the news about Skylar i mean, that's in a whole different league of challenging than most challenges. So I'm going to pick something that I'm guessing more of your listeners will have personal experience with. And that really was the challenge of, and it kind of, I guess, blanketed into maybe all of these categories and to feeling that I wasn't big enough for the challenges that were in front of me. I wasn't worthy. I hadn't done anything that particularly remarkable. I certainly was not, wealthy enough to be able to believe that I was going to be able to afford her care. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was really struggling with my own shame. should I' have been more right. in order to tackle this? And then to make it through the physical thing, only to discover, that I had another really big thing, and that was, I had no idea where my next dollar was going to come from, mm-hmm. and that was so humiliating. And and there was no way. I it felt like I had to choose between my daughter, mm-hmm. and our income source. I certainly couldn't go and get a job, because mm-hmm. who would then? How would I pay for someone? I mean, it was just like, oh, ah, what do I do? Can I, you know, and are that are my gifts? Do they mean anything in this? Mm-hmm modern world, right? And so it was really having the courage and having the tenacity to stay committed to the vision that not only will this work, but it will be epic. And to then break it down into that first step, okay, what can I do? What can I do right now? What can I do? And how can I recognize and set up kind of a finish line for myself, a a small one first that I could cross and then another small one that I could cross Mm -hmm. and to really get myself into a mindset of I can do this. And this, this is doable. And again, it'll be worth it. Right. Yeah. And um, until I could get that taken care of the outer game stuff was, was, would have been a waste of time.
0: Yeah. Right. Amazing.
1: Does that make sense? Does that Absolutely. answer
0: your question? Sure does. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So <laughs> our next question is, what's the scariest thing that you've ever done?
1: scary thing. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) There there have been been some scary things. I mean, um, but probably the scariest thing that I've ever done that I had no idea it was going to be scary. There are some things that I knew were going to be scary that I've done, but probably the scariest thing that I had no clue would be that scary would be um, spending... Was it two hours? I think it was probably two hours in an Nippy, which is a Native American sweat lodge, oh. which is like, um, it's like um, an igloo, but made with like thick fabric. So they, they okay. get steaming hot coals inside of it, close you in the total dark Oof. with everybody else, just wall-to-wall people. They start chanting. Are you standing? Hitting the drum really hard. And... And you're in there. You get a few little breaks in between, but it is so hot and so dark and loud that it felt total terror. Are you standing As if up or are you I'm sitting going down? to die? You're sitting down, or you can lie down, but you're okay. you've got the hot, hot, hot coals oh. just. I mean, it used to be a rite of passage for like the warriors (laughs) and um, I was just going to say, why did you want to do that? One of the most scary, (laughs) intense things I've ever done. Yeah. Right. It was, it was crazy. There were some moments when, I mean, I, it took every ounce of my focus to keep me calm from freaking out well I don't even know I I don't think it's fair to say that I was calm (laughs) to keep me focused and not absolutely freaking out screaming saying I gotta get out of here I can't be in here it was amazing
0: what was your intention when doing that
1: my intention was I was actually um at something called a warrior camp Mm -hmm. and it was to really deepen my understanding of the power of our minds Mm -hmm. and, uh, the strength of our minds, especially when we're bumping up against things that we are afraid of Mm -hmm. that, that, that evoke fear Mm -hmm. within us and how, when we can push beyond that and we can, it's a whole different perspective on the world in, in, as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. At that same event, I overcame my self-definition, which was validated by my body physiologically that I had a fear of heights. So we had another couple of things that were height oriented. And I went to, I I went into bed the night before terrified because I knew it was going to be the next day And, um, I knew that I had extreme vertigo. I, and, and I, you know, my heart would start pounding. My palms would start sweating. I would start crying. I mean, I was just like, I was a low level sort of person. So I lay on that bed and this was after Skylar's accident. Um, and, um, and I lay in bed and I thought, what am I going to do? And with this whole group, I don't want to be sobbing. I don't want to slow this whole group down. What do I do? And so then again, I went back to asking myself some different questions. One of them was what if, because people had called Skylar a mini-me, and yet she had no fear. I thought, well, what if I'm mistaken? What if I don't have a fear of heights? What if I just at some point picked up conditioning that made me believe that I do? What if I actually, what if that Feeling. It's actually exhilaration. What mm-hmm. if I could love that? What would that be like? So anyway, I went there the next day and I decided to play with that idea. What if I love this? And um, no one in the entire group had any idea other than they thought that I did climbing on a regular basis. And um, there were some crazy things that we were asked to do at Heights. And they asked me to help other people in my group. <laughs> And manipulate that. They had no idea until afterwards, when they were we were all <laughs> sharing our takeaway. I oh, said, so so, "Well, good. my biggest takeaway that was that when I stepped here, I had I believed that I had incredible fear of heights. I mean, so so it's it, it you know our, things like that can be very very powerful.
0: And I, I speak on that a lot because I, I have a lot of people who tell me you know they're nervous or they're anxious or they're scared of doing something. And I just said, the only reason you think that is because you're determining it with a a physiological body reaction that's happening. And actually, why don't you just change that and just say that, you know, those nerves are actually, yeah, they, they are excitement or they're... You, you know whatever else like I guess same with like speaking on stage right people feel right. fear from speaking on, on stage and shake and even doing like live videos or recorded videos will will you know you'll hear it in their voice but I mean, actually maybe that's just excitement and maybe that's just you know what you're creating is is so fun and exciting and new and different that you're just putting uh, an idea of what you've been told into practice which actually might not be true
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think so often we, um, if, if we're not aware of it, we can Mm -hmm. mistake fear for just lack of familiarity. Yes. Right. It's just unfamiliar. It's not fear. It's unfamiliar. Yeah.
0: Especially if we've never done it before. Right. Right. How, how do we know?
1: (laughs) Right. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay. My last question. What advice (laughs) would you give to our listeners from everything that you've learned and everything that you do with Mm. your clients?
1: I think that probably the biggest piece of advice is not to let anyone convince you that impossible is anything more than temporary and definitely don't let the person who's convincing you that something is impossible be yourself. Right. I mean that. What if should be the word that you, that little phrase that you hold closest to your heart and realize that to me, mindset is when your desire to create a miracle becomes greater than your desire to give in so keep going keep going believe persist and choose to live a life that's impossible versus impossible love it absolutely
0: love it amazing thank you so much um what what a star i mean the both of you it's <laughs> so cool to hear your story in depth and what, what a privilege you. to have you with us today. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming and joining me for this conversation. I cannot wait to share this with the rest of the world and the listeners. And I know that everyone's going to lose their mind over it. So
1: amazing, well, amazing, amazing thank story. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much to your listeners for, for joining us and yeah. cheering us on, right? Absolutely.
0: So where can our listeners find you if they want to find out more information about you and obviously everything that you're doing? What's the best place to find you?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing that I would encourage your listeners to do if if this resonates with you at all and you are in a place where you believe that you are destined for more or you're struggling with your passion or your purpose, reach out to me by setting up a 20-minute and find your Powerful Future Now strategy session that's completely complementary. And we can really, really help to maybe give you some clarity. And you can do that by going to bit.ly forward slash power future. And I'm sure you'll have that in the program notes, but that's bit.ly forward slash power future or just uh, join me on my website, which is gritmindsetacademy.com. And if you want to cheer both Skylar and me on, I would invite you to visit us on Facebook at that Sky is the Limit page, which is S-C-H-U-Y is the Limit. And introduce yourself. Tell us where that you heard us here And if you like this episode, make sure that you find someone to share it with. We'd so love that.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I will put all that information in the show notes so that anyone who's looking for that can uh, dive in there and and find everything about you. Um, And amazing. And your book as well. Where can they find your book?
1: So our book is on Amazon. I'll give you the link to put that down there. Um, But, it's again, it's called... The Sky is the Limit, that's spelled more like a traditional sky, <laughs> S-K-Y, The Sky is the Limit, awesome. by Meredith Hankinson Alexander, and you'll find that on Amazon. Audio book as well.
0: Yes. Oh, good times. All right, look at you yes, go. Indeed. <laughs> All right, yes, well, indeed. thank you so much for joining us today and um yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people who are going to want to share this and share your story and also connect with you as well, so I'm excited for that. Um yeah, when this comes out.
1: It was so much fun being on this podcast with you. So, thank you so so much and uh, go out there and uh, Be the epic version of yourself, right? Be the epic version of yourself. If you enjoyed this episode,
0: please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. I can't wait to hear what you took from it and how you're going to implement all the knowledge that you've learned today.